Hello and welcome to episode number six of the Final Whistle Podcast. Now you are counting. I am counting. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you, I, can, now, now, six, does that mean you have to use your second hand? Yeah, now I need to, yeah. You know, that's how I do a quick addition as well. I can't just do that in my head. That, that, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I figured since the other day we found out what episode we were on, I'd start counting. So, again, episode six, uh, the two-hand episode. Uh, my name is Trevin Pixley. What, what's the name of this podcast again? The Final Whistle. <clears throat> yes, it is. <laughs> and getting the, the final word, as always, is my co-host, Don Walden. Don, how you doing, man? Hey, it's final word or bust a gut, man. That's what my dad <laughs> always told me. Hey. I, I've got to have the final word or bust a gut. And I never knew what that meant. But but now I do because now I, now I'm the elder statesman and you quite frankly you know you're still twelve. Yeah, you know I'm. You give me a year every episode, I think. So I'm growing up before your eyes. You know. Well, you. you I started you, off at like six. Right. Well, <laughs> you you have come back to the Lewiston Tribune University, so yeah. I got to progressively get you up to that point. I feel like. Hundred percent. But as always, Don, as you know, and as all the listeners will know, this week's broadcast is brought to you by Inland360 and Inland360.com. You can find a complete calendar of regional events and a wide array of compelling coverage of the region's arts and entertainment scene at Inland360.com. It's where you go for what you do. Inland360.com. It's where you go for what you do. And when you don't work here, which is like never. Yeah, so when I when I get a free three hours, I go on inland360.com. No, actually, I believe when you get a free three hours, you watch Duval. I don't want to talk about it. Aww. <laughs> Why is your is little poor baby Jaggy Waggies lose? Oh, you know, uh, Super Bowl dreams are dead, but <laughs> yes. you, you know what's not dead? It's, what's uh, that? Kamei's chances at winning a White Pine League division title, and with us right now is Kamei head coach Nels Clute. Nels, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was at that game last Friday. I mean, well, I guess only a couple days ago now. A couple yeah. days removed from that 52 to nothing shutout. You guys played terrific on both sides of the ball. I mean, I mean, how are you feeling, man? Sole possession, first place in the league. Yeah, we're feeling good. We thought, we thought we played a good game on Friday night. You know, we uh, we played good on offense, defense, and special teams. You, you know, you cover all three areas. You got to feel good about that, um, especially when you're playing a quality opponent. I mean, Curry came in ranked number three, and I thought we we pretty much uh, took care of business on every every aspect of that game. Um, you know, you, you got to feel good about that. And, and uh, anytime you can beat a quality opponent, you got to feel good. And, I, I came away feel real good about after the game how, how we how we played in every aspect. Were you were you really surprised that uh, when you looked up at the scoreboard and, and the clock goes zero and you see it's fifty two to nothing and you see it's you know you're it's against Prairie at their place on their homecoming. I mean, did you kind of like just have to take breathe and kind of take it in for a minute? Well, you know, you don't ever expect to have a score like that. You know, as you get going in the game, you just hope to establish what you want to do on offense, you know, get your running game going, hopefully get some passing yards here and there, and you want your defense to come out and play strong. So as you get going, you're more watching your execution than you're on the scoreboard. I know I I do, and I'm more watching, uh, you know, scenarios of how we're doing this, how's our two-minute offense. Uh, how's our coverage on the back end? And, and pretty soon you look up and the, the score's in front of you. You're like, wow, that, that's kind of crazy. You know, you don't expect that again, especially against a team like, like Prairie. But 
you know, once we got rolling, uh, you, you, you get one of those games where things start rolling your way and they don't go their way. Uh, sometimes you get scores like that. Yeah, 100%, Coach. I mean, this has been a pretty quick turnaround for you guys. Uh, only winning two games last year and now, you know, uh, currently 4-1. Four, four Oh, sorry. Yeah, yep. uh, uh, 4-0 in the league, 5-1 five, five five and and overall, yeah. 5-1, yeah. Uh, yes. 5-1, yep, yep. You know, what do you kind of attribute that quick turnaround to? Well, you know, even last year, uh, most of the games we lost, we were in. We we, didn't, we felt like we didn't finish very well last year. We we had kids that could play, and we had talent, we had things going. You know, we, we, we played hard. We just didn't finish very well. We were in almost every game till you know, well into the third quarter, and we, we found ways to lose games. You know, and other teams found ways to beat us, obviously. But, you know, we, we have a lot of the same players back. Uh, they're your bigger, better, stronger, wiser, hopefully. Uh, and, and you get some new additions that help you out as well. And, you know, if you get a group that meshes together and they're cohesive and you get some good leadership, uh, things can turn around pretty fast. And, and we, we've had great leadership all year, and, and those kids have played well and led us the whole way. And, uh, you know, once you get a little momentum too, and you get a little uh, confidence, I think that carries you a long ways. Hundred percent, coach. Now, you've you've been at this for quite a while now. What year is this for you as a head coach? Oh, I believe it's. I think it's <laughs> seven. I believe I'm not hundred percent on that, but it's something like that. Yeah. So I mean, you you've been around the block here in the White Pine League for for a while. I mean, kind of explain to the people, I guess, who aren't in North Idaho what it's like to play in this league and, you know, how hard all these victories are to come by when you guys are just fighting tooth and nail to the final whistle every week. Well, yeah, the White Point League is one of the best leagues in the state at our level. I mean, there's 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 not an easy week you get. You, you might play a team with a, a record that's not great, but they're, they're, everybody plays each other so often, and we know each other's coaching, and we know the players that it's always competitive, and it's going to be hard-nosed, and there's usually – such a small difference between winning and losing those games. Uh, so and there's a lot of rivalries. There's a ton of rivalries in this league. You know, we just went through two of them right there between uh, Clearwater Valley and Prairie. So you also have that part playing into it. Uh, it's just a tough league. And week in, week out, if you can come out on top, whether you're on the road or home, uh, it's a big deal. And, you know, if you can get through the, the seven league games uh, and, and, and feel like you're, you've got, it's a big deal. And, and we're just going to keep taking them one game at a time because uh, they're tough to come by. You know, a win's tough to come by in this league, but and we'll take every one we get. You know, you talked about the fact that your kids couldn't finish last year, and then you know you, you get the you get your opening win against Lapway, then you have to go up against Raft River, um, and and that was your only loss of the year. What? Did you kind of worry maybe a little bit of, uh-oh, you know, maybe we might go down that road again? Or did you have confidence that the kids could, you know, a year removed from that, you know, two-win season that they would be able to turn it, turn it around? Well, to be honest with you, the, the, the loss against Rap River, I thought for us, was a, was a we, we took a lot of positives out of it. Uh, we, we played a physical team, very physical themselves. You know, we, we, we played them very – very well physically, and we, we, I thought we played that game pretty tough, clear into the fourth quarter. We had a chance to be right in it, so that gave us a lot of confidence there because they're, they're, you know, they're one of the best two teams in the state, and if you can play a team like that tough, you know, it, it gets you confidence, even in a, in a loss. And I thought we did a lot of things well in that game. 
you know, I didn't come away from that game going, you know, what was us? We're, we're, we're headed down that road again. I, I, I took away from that game and our whole coaching staff and players said that we're making improvements. We have more to make, but we're on the right track. And, and by continually working at that kind of stuff and, and getting better at, at both sides of the ball, uh, I, I think we're making progress. And it's just been a confidence gainer ever since. How much, I mean, you know, what did you take out of that game that, you, you know, you guys have, you know, transferred over in the in the past month you know what how much how much did that help you guys grow as a team uh the physicality number one was big because we knew they were physical i mean between them and oakley you watch those guys playing the state title games those are two teams that absolutely go at it they go at a big time and, and they're physical on both sides of the ball and we knew if we could hang with them physically and i thought we did uh that that was going to be a big deal for us. We, we, we pride ourselves every week and try to be the most physical team on the field. And, and I think for, for the most part, we've been that, we've been that team, you know, and that's, that's a big deal for us. We, you know, we want our lines to be more physical than their lines. And, and when we tackle, we want to be more physical than the other team. So you take something like that from a, a game like Raft River and the fact, again, they were, they're a veteran team. They're a team that's been at the state title a couple years in a row. And if you play them tough into the fourth quarter, even though you lost, uh, I think you can come away with some definite benefits out of it and some definite confidence, and and, and we definitely did take that from that game. Do you, do you feel like your your kids, in particular, on the lines are, are are really starting to impose their will a lot more now? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know that's that's our whole goal. We're going into every game is to get out there and, and set the tone. You know, obviously we're a, we're a run heavy team. We want to come out and establish what we can do up front. And it all starts with those kids, those three guys on the inside that are tight ends. You know, we, we have to have a certain level of physicality to block people out and execute. And, and we feel if we can do that, we're going to have success for sure. And then everything builds off that. Your, your, your passing game comes off being able to run the ball. We do a lot of play action. Mm-hmm. Um, your screen game comes off being able to run the ball as well. And then defensively, you also take confidence because it's, you know, at our level, again, most majority of those guys that are playing on the offensive line are playing on the defensive line, and they, they get confidence from that as well, and they'll transfer that to, to play another team's offense. So it, it all kind of works together. Now you talked about being a run-heavy team. Uh, David Clute last week probably had his best game of the season um, against Prairie, and he's looking sharper and sharper as a passer. I mean, what have you seen progression-wise uh, from that young kid? Well, you know, he's – He's got, got getting a better mastery of the offense. You know, he, he's, got, he's got to get us in, in the right formations. He's got to make sure we have the right alignments, got the, the personnel in the right spots, and, and then get us going from there. And, and he's done a better job of that every week. He, he, he's making sure that we, we uh, are, are doing things the way we're supposed to be doing on the field. He's, he's just an extension of the coaches out there. You know, and then it's, the passing game is just a matter of confidence. You know, he's building a connection with Kate McGrew, obviously he's our tight end, and then on the other side, we lost Brady Cox early on, which was a guy who was also his favorite target last year when you got to play. And we lose him to a knee injury. Now you got a younger kid like Everett Oatman, and they're a freshman that they're starting to build rapport together as well. And then, you know, you hope you can build them with your running backs when they come out of the backfield to catch passes. And it just, again, it's like the old line thing. It's, it's a big confidence thing. Once, once you start seeing success uh, in your passing game and what's this different receivers, it just builds off and, and, and it just grows and grows and grows. I think one of the things I had even said on the uh, video cast the other night is 
is I feel like David's a, a game manager. And I don't, I don't, you know, a lot of times the connotation of game manager is taken in a negative light. But I kind of feel like maybe in this instance, he is kind of a, a, a game manager. You're, you're getting him to the point where you don't want him to lose games, but you don't necessarily need him to win games for you. Exactly, exactly. And you're exactly right. A game manager is not a negative thing at all. If you have a guy out there that can take control of the offense and make sure your, your group on the field is doing things in the right way, then that's a definite positive. And he has the ability to, to make big plays, uh, both running and throwing the ball. Uh, but he also has the ability to make sure that the guys around him are doing the right things in the right places. And, and that, that's a big deal. And, again, being an extension of the coaches, uh, you know, we've, we've had him call some of his own plays. We've had him change plays in the line. He said that he has the ability to do that. So when you have a smart kid there that can play like that and has the grasp of the offense, it, it, it puts you in a lot of line for success offensively. That's huge for a high school kid to go out there and call his own plays. That's I don't think I've heard that at a high school level. That's... Yeah, not not very many, but every once in a while we give him the ability to change a little bit here and there. So it's it's kind of a growing thing with him. The, the, the better he gets at it, the more confidence he gets at it, the more we kind of give him a little bit of free reign. Again, it's not something we, we have to do a ton of, but but he has the ability at times to change a play here and there or change a formation uh, to, to get us in a better spot. Yeah, now is David your kid or – What's the relation there? He is. He's actually my son, yes. Yeah. yeah, so, okay, let's take the coach hat off for a minute. Let's put on the dad hat. How awesome is it to see him play the way that he's playing right now? Well, you know, he's only been playing quarterback now for a couple of years. He, the funny thing was, growing up, he was a, he was a big kid. You know, when you're a big kid playing, uh, playing football coming up, you know, from second grade on up, you have to wear the X on the back of your hat. It says you're alive because you're a certain <laughs> size, and he was yeah. always that kid. So, and he, and honestly, he he didn't mind playing on the line, but he didn't like it either. He always wanted to be the guy catching the ball and throwing the ball and running the ball. So, uh, when he finally got his chance, he had a little bit of junior high to throw the ball here and there. He also got to play tight end. I, I could tell he loved it, you know, and it was something that is like, okay, he's, he's going to want more opportunities to do this, and then. As you see him develop, uh, being able to throw the ball a little bit, you're like, okay, well, he needs to get a chance. And he's also a kid that, you know, being a coach's son, that he, he watches a ton of football. He watches pro football. He watches college football. He watches high school football. So he knows the game. And, you know, you get to that spot where you're like, okay, I, we should probably see how he does at quarterback. And, you know, he got some opportunities last year because our starter did get injured before the season started. So he started our first five games, and, and you kind of saw what he was capable of doing. You know, he went through some, some rough patches, but at the same point in time, he grew a lot and he got confidence. And We knew coming into this year that he was going to be a kid that we could definitely count on for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a great passer. You know, I, I see him every time I cover you guys, and I don't know how tall he is, like right off the top of my head, but if he's an outside weapon, you have to imagine he's winning every jump ball. That kid is big and lengthy, that David Clute. <laughs> yeah, he's about 6'5". He's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm about the same size as him so far. I think I'm about ready to be going on the underside out here pretty quick. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, basketball has always been his first love, you know, especially being tall. But I think football is rapidly gaining gaining speed on that as well. Now, I know you don't want to necessarily look ahead, um, but you've got got a couple of games here in your back pocket that you've got coming up. Troy at home, Genesee, Genesee on the road, and I know you, you're not going to take those two games lightly, but then you've got a uh, 
what looks to looks to amount to be a league title game coming possibly coming down the road on October the twenty first against Potlatch at home. Now again, I I, I, I again preface this by saying because I've kind of heard from Trevin, you know, the we don't want to put you know look too far ahead, you know, and, and stuff like that, but. You know, are you maybe even kind of thinking about possibly, you know, looking three weeks down the road yet? No, no, not at all. (laughs) I gave you a softball there, Coach. Oh, well, (laughs) I appreciate it. Yo, no, we we definitely want to take every one game at a time. And I know that's the old coaching mantra, but it actually is the truth because, you know, like I talked earlier about the the toughness in this league is that if you – if you look ahead past somebody as a player or a coach, you're going to get tr- you're going to get in trouble and you're going to get bit. You know, so our only focus this week is on Troy. We've I got all the kids watching film now. We've been watching film and breaking down things we want to do for the week, offensively, defensively. It's, you just don't want to get caught looking ahead. And we know the schedule. We know who's coming up between Troy and Tennessee and Potlatch, and who's home and who's on the road. But uh, those games will be here soon enough, and, and we can keep collecting film and and. You know, we watch the scores obviously like everybody else does, and, and uh, uh, we'll, that game will be here. That game will be here soon enough. One zero, right? Win the week. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. You you go one zero in the week, then you can look to the next week, and then you know we celebrate like heck after a win on Friday night, and then you start prepping again on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, and then you're right back to the next one. You can really tell you guys do take it one week at a time because you know this potlatch game that. Looks like right now is for a league championship. You guys have already had two of those already. You know, you ran into Clearwater Valley, took care of business there, and you ran into Prairie, took care of business there. So, you know, it it, it really looks like your kids are gaining that confidence every week. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and that's the thing. You one of your season goals is to beat Clearwater Valley every year. So that's a, that's a big one. And then your another goal is to beat Prairie, and that's a big one. But once you get those accomplished, then you got to have another goal, and that you know our goal right now is to beat is to beat Troy, and I, I I really think the kids buy into that. If you if you don't if you don't let yourself look too far ahead, then you, every game every game you play is the Super Bowl, and and, and then for us that's that's the case. I mean, we got homecoming this week along with it being Troy, and, and we've been a rival with Troy at certain points of uh, my time being here when I was an assistant coach. Uh, before I was the head coach, you know, we we had a pretty pretty tough rivalry going there for a couple of years. It was us and them right at the top of the league uh, for for league titles, and and so we, you know, there's a history there, and, and that also kind of plays in this one game at a time thing as well. Right, and, and Troy actually seems to be really improved this year. Yes, for sure. You know, just watching their scores and and, and watching them on film and. You know, the funny thing is, like, the scores don't always tell the whole story. Once you start watching kids on film and you see how they play and how physical they are and the things they do, you can, you get a whole new respect for how teams play. You know, because luck does play a part in all this. Luck and injuries and, you know, just because you don't come out of ahead of the game, you, it might not be good. It's not because you're not good. It's because, you know, other things surround us as well. Uh, you know, again, the physicality and the injuries and all the other stuff. So, you know, I look at Troy, their record isn't necessarily great, but uh, I look at who they played and how they played, and I, I've been keeping track of that, and, and I know that they've, uh, they've got a pretty good team, and we're going to have to play our best to beat them for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Small town cameo, you guys are off to a great start. I mean, what's the community's reaction been to this team? And, you know, have you received some, I guess, support from, from the locals over there in cameo? Oh, yeah. Cameo has been a great – it's a great sports town. Uh, they, they back the kids all the way, whether we're, we're on top or the middle or the bottom, they're always behind us. You know, when everything we do, you know, basketball, football – track volleyball i mean they're they're right there uh and i know school spirit right now is uh, at an all a big time high right now for sure and, and the, the community is big time part of that they, we get good crowds wherever we go uh, parents drive up fans drive up you know they want to come out and support the kids and uh you know it's it just it's a neat it's a neat deal and like i said cameo is a great a great sports town and, and uh you know I, they've, they've had success for a long time well before i was ever here you know, and, and the previous coaches, and, and uh, you just keep hearing the same things. At Cam, yeah, it's one of those places that supports your kids and their, their their school exceptionally well. Well, Nels, I appreciate you coming on, man, and, you know, congrats on the, the early success you've had. But, you know, as you'll say, I know the job's not done yet. Cam, yeah, still has a lot of football in front of him. That's exactly right. We'll, uh, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep putting another mark out in front of us every week and, and, and try to check it off for sure. Yeah. Right. For sure, and uh, I heard uh, Clute Drywall in your voicemail too. We are looking for sponsors here on the podcast, so <laughs> you know, there's, there's a little cheap plug there if you want to. You, you want to be on the podcast every week with Clute Drywall. Well, there you go. I'll, I'll have to work on that with you. We'll, we'll figure that one out. <laughs> Perfect, Nels. We appreciate you having me on. Have thanks, you Coach. On, right, thanks, thanks, guys. Good talking to you. All right, nice talking to you too. I had to shoot my shot with some advertising. Well, nay, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I'm sure Mary Stone might be a little bit disappointed, you know, that, you know, we're, we're moving on from Inland 360, although we're not doing so quite yet. No, but, you know, I think uh, reading reading one ad read of Inland 360 per per show might uh, might be a little all right if we have another ad in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think we'd be okay with doing that, considering I think we do an ad read Three times at least. Yeah, speaking of that, if you want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Dynamite drop in there. To edlin360.com where there's a complete calendar of regional events and a huge, huge array. Huge! (laughs) Array of compelling coverage of the region's art and entertainment scene at edlin360.com. It's where Nels Kloop goes for what he does. I guarantee you it's probably where he goes for what he does. .com, 100%. Outside of, you know, the drywall business yeah. and, and coaching football, exactly. you know, which takes up probably like 90% of his time. Oh, almost 100, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Doing drywall and everything. But, but in all seriousness, Trevin, let's kind of get this uh, train back on the uh, tracks here. Can we just say, too, he was, a, he was an awesome guest. No, he, he, was, he was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, no, 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 no question about it. And he's got a lot of reason right now to be upbeat. Yeah. You know, um... They they took. I was a little surprised. I guess they they took a lot of confidence out of that loss to Raft River, considering you know that's one of the two, like he said, one of the two three best teams in the state, and to be able to you know turn that negative into a positive. I mean, you can kind of see it with the results on the field. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that you kind of look back in hindsight too. I mean, we talked about it uh, at the end there where. You know, that potlatch game is going to turn into a de facto championship game. We thought that with the Clearwater Valley game, the Prairie game. They're, yeah. knocking, they're knocking down every competitor that steps up to them. And I think a lot of that has to do with 
them losing that Raft River game because yeah. they, they know that's a team that they're going to have to run into at some point again yeah, once they go to the state tournament. And, uh, you know, they're not taking anybody lightly because they want to get there and they want to maybe try to get that revenge. You know, the run, you know, and we don't, you know, we, we, we have tried to actually give linemen a whole lot of love. Oh, yeah. You know, because they don't get that publicity in the newspaper. And I used to be a lineman, so. I, I got to give my big boys some love, dude. The hogs, right? Yeah, the hogs. I'm always giving the hogs some love. Well, you, yeah, you, you, you tend to, but yeah. you know, we like to see the shiny objects in front of us. Oh yeah. And, and, and you know, those are the guys who run the ball, who throw the ball, who catch the ball, who score touchdowns. And you know, Camion's got a lot of those, lots, lots of those kinds of kids. Even without Brady Cox, who probably was their best player coming into the season. And he probably was their spiritual leader. He goes out early in the season, and it's like they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just playing mistake-free football, as cliche as that sounds. David Clute doesn't turn the ball and over. And again, cliche yeah. game manager. And it's, you know, like like we've discussed on more than one occasion here the last couple of days, it's not a negative connotation. No. You can't And you can't take it that way. You know, it's just... They're, they're doing everything that you're supposed to do to win a title. You're not committing any mistakes. You're holding on to the ball. You're grinding things out. You're running the ball. You know, on defense, you know, you're taking care of business there. This has the makings of a, at least a league championship team, at least in my eyes. Yeah, and they got a plethora of runners, too. I mean, it's not just Colton O'Kane. They got other guys in the backfield that are going to take carries. Colton Sams. Um, he's going to be getting some carries as well. Connor so, Weddle. Connor Weddle, yeah, thank you for helping me out there. Uh, the, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> I had his name. I'm here to give you the softball. I had his name on the tip of my tongue. I was like, ooh, Connor Weddle. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. That guy. That, that guy. But, yeah, they got they got a mixture of running backs that they use. David Kluge can run the ball. I mean, he's deadly on QB sneaks. Like, if it's a fourth and four, they can run a QB sneak with David Kluge just because of how physical their boys are up front. And that was a big thing in the Prairie game, too, is – you know, Prairie's known for that kind of size. You know, that cottonwood, big farm boy, like, right, right, you know, type type of uh, offensive line. But Camii had them outsized significantly up front, so they were able to move them at will. And on defense, I mean, there was several times that it looked like uh, the nose, the nose tackle for Camii swam over the center before he'd even snapped the ball. So it it was it was awesome to see. And you know, like you said, we like giving those big boys a shout out and. Cami, I may have the best line in the in the league at least. Well, you know, just this White Pine League, you know, Division One in general. We we didn't know what we had until we have it, and we still kind of don't know a little bit of what we have. But I think we know at least what we have in Cami. Yeah, and you know, I think if you were to ask me before the season, just looking at the standings, and I knew kind of coming in that this league was going to be a jumbled, you know, mess a little bit, but I would have probably, I don't think I would have said Cami, I would have, you know, been that team. No. And, you know, I would have said probably Prairie, Clearwater Valley. That would probably be the two teams. Or Lapway. Yeah, or Lapway. Who suffered some injuries, but, you know, Cami, I mean, they're... They, they're not really staying healthy either, but, you know, I think it comes down to how good David Clute is at managing the game and how good their offensive line is at getting pushes. So where Colton O'Kane, Connor Weddle, 
uh, Colton Sams, whoever carries the ball, they can get like five yards of carry. Well, all I know is the White Pine League is going to be really interesting these last three weeks. Yeah, they're, it's going to take a toll. And, um, you know, I said in my uh, What We Learned article, you know, you and Mel Sklew kind of touched on it too, you can't count out the bottom of this league either. I mean, Potlatch losing to Logos, or, or beating Logos, excuse me, 48-38, to 38, and, you know, they had a lead there at halftime. So, I mean... Logos did, yeah. Yeah, so Logos, I mean, Lapway too. That's another team. Troy. Yep. Troy scored 48 points. Like, I mean... I mean, <laughs> scored 48 points. I and... know, 74 is this a basketball score, right? Right. But, but I mean... You sure that wasn't the basketball team out there playing? Uh, Lapway would have 100. So oh, okay. Team, right? Okay. Yeah, no disrespect to Troy, but you know how Lapway gets down. Um, But yeah, I mean, lowest scoring game was... Potlatch and Logos, 48 to 38. You know, I mean, total points. Total points was Cameo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, shut out. So, I mean, everything. That's, this is, as far as high school in our readership area, the White Pine League is the race, and it is it. And that's what people, that's why people read the paper, right? It's for the White Pine League. (laughs) That's what the numbers show me. I'm not. I can't argue with you. Yeah, I think you can. And I like to argue with you. You combine the town's population and the whole league, it probably equals out to like maybe a Pullman or a Moscow. Maybe I don't know. know. So, so but 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 they're but but those those people those 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 people in those towns, you know, Cottonwood, Kamii, Kuski, Potlatch, Lapway, Troy. You know, they're all about those kids. And they're all about those teams, and they're all very passionate, you know, about those programs. So, and, and that's what the numbers clearly show me is is they love. It doesn't matter necessarily what the sport is. If they're good, they're going to read. Yeah. And you know, they've got every reason to be reading right now because this race is insane. Yeah, it's insanity. Um, I think the other game I want to touch on while we get away from the the White Pine League. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily really want to touch on the game too much. I want to touch it more on the following week. But Lewiston beating Moscow 68-7. to Yeah. Um, this is huge. This is a big one for Lewiston coming up. I mean, they got to go on the road to play Post Falls, who uh, they beat for the first time under Matt Pancarry last year. By and a field goal? By Post or... Falls. Yeah, by a field goal. But Post Falls missed the field goal right. at the end of the the end of the game or no it was by one point and then post falls missed a field goal to win the game make up your mind that's what it was you sure 100 percent. that's what it was yeah sure i'm not gonna have to go back and you know edit this uh podcast yeah well i mean editing the podcast is fine you know as long as we don't get it in print right right yeah. right, <laughs> right. Yeah. right exactly yeah. we can't screw that up now yeah yeah, yeah. so so we'll get clarification but if i was at that game i think that's that's whatever <laughs> <laughs> I, your memory I, is getting old in your old age. Oh, it is. And I, I remember talking to Matt Pancari about it beforehand. And, I mean, this is um, – he's going to be in his zone. He's He has a, I think, a 4-12. and 12. I wrote it out the other day. It's like at four total wins, 12 losses. Yeah, and, and like how many years has he been six. here? Six? Yeah, in six yeah. years of league play. And last year they won two games mm-hmm. in the league. Yep. So, I mean, he – this is, you know, where Pancarry, Lewis, and team struggle. But this, you know, and I'm going to show my bias a little bit because I 
I played for the Bengals for four years, and then I co- I've covered every Lewis and team since. You know, I haven't missed a football season at the Tribune. So, I would say this is probably the best-looking Lewis and team that I've seen since 2017. And it isn't as flashy as an Alex Light, Riley Way, Colton Richardson star-studded lineup. But with the amount of kids that they have that can do so many different things, they're going to be a threat. And... I don't think a 68-7 to win this week is going to get him in the poll, but beating a post falls, I think, would get him in. Not, not against a team like Moscow, which unfortunately, you know, they haven't they haven't fared very well this year. But, you know, I'm kind of looking at the schedule, and I'm kind of looking at the results, and I'm kind of looking at this team, you know, and I continue to say they've got a dynamic offense. This Right now, this is tailor-made. Yeah. This is tailor-made for them. You know, you go on the road – and you were if you knock off post balls this week, it's home cooking for the rest of the year. Yep, and it's you've got Lake City. I mean, you've got Lake City who's going to come in at two. And, I mean, who's two and four right now, and you've got a quarter lane team, you know, who's typically in in the postseason. You know, typically ranked in the poll. They're middling the long right now at three and three. Like I said, this is kind of you. You could. It's almost wrapped up in a bow for you. All you have to do is go out there and play the game and play your game. Yeah, exactly. And they've they've uh, maintained health pretty well, with the exception of Ethan Shaw. Right. And you know when Ethan Shaw goes down, Chris Ricard steps up, plays really well. Um, and playing Coeur d'Alene at home too, for a team they haven't beat that team since 2017. And you know I think that's gonna be that's gonna be probably. I would, uh, Battle of the Bridges will do it every year, no doubt. But I was going to say, for a non-Battle of the Bridges game, I think that's going to be the most packed Lewis and Stamps will be all year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, because there's going to be a lot on the line. Oh, yeah, a lot on the line. And, you know, they haven't beat them in so long, and they have a chance. And like you said, it's, it's basically in a box with a bow on it. I mean, the 5A Inland Empire League is usually a – that's a dogfight too. Right. I mean, that comes down to the wire. But with a – struggling Lake City team, a struggling Coeur d'Alene team, and Lewiston's playing with the most confidence that, you know, I've seen a Lewiston team in a long... It's right for the taking. You know, it's right there. No, it really is. I I mean, the, you you couldn't ask for a better a better start with with a team that, the, you know, we didn't know a whole lot about coming in. Yeah. Now we know a whole lot more about them. And they're not who, who I thought they were. Not me either. Especially me, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think we were kind of joking around, you know, and, and I'll put this out there and I'll out us, you know, uh, we all, we, we thought that they were going to win three games. Yeah. You know, so kudos to these kids for, for really stepping up and buying into the system and believing that they can, you know, they can do it. Yeah, and I'll gladly eat crow on that too. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean... Being a Lewiston graduate, it's cool to see Lewiston succeed. And, I mean, they, they got some dudes like that can really do the thing. And, uh, you know, Matt Pancarry, you can tell he puts his all into that team. You know? Oh, yeah. And granted, he doesn't put you know his all into conversations sometimes. But you can tell, like, when he's, yeah. on, when he's on the football field, that man, is, that man is all business. And they got a great coaching staff that's been together for a really long time. At least, you know, the line coaches, Coach Jones, Coach Doherty, uh, Coach Young, who coached the DBs. I mean, they've all been there. Um, 
when Pankari took over, it's not like there was a huge coaching shift, you know. So these guys know what they're doing, and you know, Doherty used to be a head coach at Lewiston a while ago. Yeah. So I mean, they they have all the pieces, and it's it's all right there for them. Yeah, they they've got a shot to have a special season. You know, the uh, with this being a twelve team playoff, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, because. You got to contend with the boy, the boys down south, and that always seems to create problems for teams up north. Oh yeah, yeah it does. I mean, it's the Lewiston too. I mean, if they if they get to run into a rock like a Rocky Mountain, who you know the good Lewiston teams of yesteryear struggled against, and they can get a redemption win against that good of a team, I mean that's going to be big. I think the momentum that Lewiston's riding, they need to ride that all the way into November. Like they can't yeah. let that die down at all, and I, that winning sixty-eight to seven, you know, in a game that they should have won sixty-eight to seven, is you know a good sign too. I would say. Yeah, a couple other games that kind of kind of on my radar. Uh, Timberline's going to play at Kendrick. Uh, one of your one of your favorite, uh, actually one of your favorite players against going against one of your favorite teams. Exactly. Um, yeah, Ryland West. If if he could eclipse a hundred yards against his Kendrick defense, give him give him the award now. Cause I mean they they've been shut. Boy, down you're really now. sticking your neck out there, aren't you, buddy? I, I, you're probably I, gonna tick off the people in Kendrick over that. That's Hobart. You know, okay? He knows how special his kids are. All right, and the coaches go in and they vote for these awards. All right, let's let's give the Timberline kids some love. All right, let's give the kid that's probably averaging 125 yards as the whole offense some love here. You know, we gotta we gotta do it. But um, yeah, this, this almost win. feels like a, another de facto yeah. championship game. I mean, because yeah. both teams are one and zero in the league, yeah. and you only play three games. Well, yeah, and we thought that with Lewis County. Granted, I mean Ty Hambly. He was out, but yeah, and we eight, didn't know that at the point. Yeah, but. eighty to nothing. Yeah, um, and you know if Timberline can score some points, they're going to be the first team to score points on Kendrick in three weeks. So that's three awesome. weeks. I believe it's a little bit longer than that. Is it four? Oh yeah, because Wilbur Christian or Wilbur yeah, Creston. Yeah, Creston. Yeah, you know they've scored two hundred and thirty-six unanswered points. Yeah, so it's been four weeks and a month. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean that's get. Get some moral victories. Simple, simple math, kid. Simple yeah. math. Let's get some. Let's get some uh, in-house victories for Timberline against Kendrick. I still, I still think Kendrick mm-hmm. runs away with it. But yeah, uh, absolutely, I would agree. Another game that's kind of on my radar. It's kind of you know under you know I I guess I would say under the radar for me would be Grangeville starting two and zero in the in the Central Idaho League. Going up against St. Mary's, yeah, St. Mary's is 0-1, 0-4. Grangeville probably wins this game, but that would move them to 3-0 in the league. And they haven't play- I'm pretty sure they have not played Kellogg yet. Well, you know, and, and that that could create a, a really interesting matchup for uh, you know Grangeville as we uh, progress here uh, toward the end of the season. You know, Jeff Adams and his boys. Yeah, in fact, last game of the year. Perfect. Grangeville at Kellogg. Yeah, you know, um, Jeff Adam and the boys. I mean, they did this last year, and I think yeah. they're gonna they're gonna do something similar this year. All 
they really need to do is be better than Orfino and St. Mary's, and now you throw Priest River in there. And I mean, Priest River has yeah. one one kid that's really good, right? Uh, Mateus McLean. But you know, as a team, they're kind of you know a little shaky. So they just need to win those three right. games. And you know, you play Kellogg. You play Kellogg for the whole shebang. And that's that's the that's the Achilles' heel now that they're in that league. Right. That's, yeah. That's tough. Kellogg's a really good team. I mean, you know, Steph saw them. I think. Opening game of the year when they played uh, Moscow, mm-hmm. I mean, we were all we we all were kind of eye popped with that with those numbers on that game. Mm-hmm. You know, Kellogg. I think I I want to say they lost this past week. I could be wrong on that, but you know, your your CIL championship's going to come down to Kellogg and Grangeville, and you know, we haven't given Grangeville a whole lot of love yet this year. But it's, it's, here you go. It's because they do that. They do this every year. Right, they like, sneak under the radar. I kind of feel like they, they, the non-league schedule is just brutal for them. And then when they start playing league opponents, they, they show that they're the best in the league. You know, they do it. Well, but now again, you know, they've got competition. Yeah, they do got. Competition. They got. They got a little competition with Kellogg. And hey, by the way, folks, this week's broadcast <laughs> is brought to you by Inland Three Hundred and Sixty and Inland Three Hundred and Sixty Find a complete calendar of regional events and a huge, and I mean huge, humongous array of compelling coverage of the arts and entertainment scene at Inland360.com. Because you know and I know it's where Trevin goes to what what he wants to do. For what he does. For what he does. And I don't even know what he does outside of this place. Nothing. Sleep. Maybe, yeah, maybe, if he's lucky. Yeah, maybe I'll get a couple winks in. Inland360.com <laughs> Oh, we are getting better but worse with that. <laughs> yes, we time. are. Hey, it's time to turn to the college football game. And dun, dun, dun. and by the way, how about those vandals? Man, you know, I, I talked after the game with the vandal radio guys. and Which, know, by the way... I must compliment you. Thanks. After you skipped out the first week I, and, and you left them hanging, <laughs> you actually kind of made up for yourself, uh, you know, on the uh, at the end of the radio broadcast last night. Yeah, you know, I've had a YouTube channel for some time and I've been doing these podcasts with you, so I think a natural, a natural radio kind of conversation wasn't out of the realm, but I appreciate the, yeah. the positivity. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm here for, giving you positive reinforcement. I know Dawn gave me two compliments last night, which was the most in the history of one night. So. Yeah, it was stunning, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely... And then he went and screwed up something, so, yeah. you know... <laughs> I could never I could never be 100%. No. You know? yeah. But anyway, Idaho comes up big against Northern Colorado, 55 to 35. And, you know, like I said, I was talking to the radio guys afterwards, and, you know, they, they, they said it, and it sounds like they're joking, and, you know... We say it in here, and it sounds like we're joking, but, you know, when do we start talking it's about It's a big freaking joke! When it's a big freaking joke, but, I mean, maybe now we got to. Well, we've got two weeks of hype to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the big thing. I mean, they're playing Montana team at noon in Montana. On October the 15th, be there Aloha. Yeah, that's... That's gonna be it. That's gonna determine a lot. Well, and I was talking with a coworker last night, and I said this is probably going to be the biggest game that Idaho has had since the bowl game. 
It will be. I think I don't think there's any debate. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no hype to it. Yeah. I mean, you you can't blow out the hype machine any more than what they've done on the field. Mm-hmm. They they've proven that they can, you know, they're they're gonna be, you know, they they deserve to be in the spot that they're in. Yeah, and people are buying into it. The fans are buying into it. Ten thousand. Ten thousand people. Oh, almost eleven. Excuse me. Almost eleven. Ten thousand seven hundred fifty-nine. Right. Which I don't know if they were necessarily expecting that. I thought, well, you know, after Drake a couple weeks ago, when I don't know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna out them, but we thought that you know they would get a little bit more than they did, but the students showed up. Kudos to the students. Fill in the student section two weeks ago against Drake. Maybe, you know, maybe this was what they needed. They needed to have a big sky game at home for everybody to kind of show up and, you know, get behind them. And, oh, by the way, did you get any Thunder Sticks? Oh, tons. I was, I was telling. I was, <laughs> really? Oh, I thought, oh, me personally? No. Yes. No, I'm me asking, per- did me you get no. Thunder I thought, Sticks? Because I I that's what they I were see. giving away. No, okay, yeah. I was like, everybody had those. <laughs> that makes sense they're giving them out for free. I could <laughs> see you and Harriman up in the press box. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. And yeah. then Jarek going, why are you guys doing this? <laughs> I think Jarek would join in. He, would be, he probably would have. We bashed them together. but God bless you, Jarek. Yeah. Um, we... I mean, I personally, right, I've been covering high school and then, like, college stuff, but, you know, the atmosphere for those games, I mean, granted, you know, you get a close game, you kind of feel it, you feel that electricity, but, I mean, that Idaho game was the first time, like, in a long time that I covered a game where I felt, like, the intensity, the energy in a stadium. I mean, even the Washington State U of I game didn't have that kind of electricity in the building, and... That the Idaho fans brought it, and and Coach Eck too. What a showman! Not only <laughs> not only is he, uh, you know, he's a great coach. He's turned this program around, but he is. He's trying to. He, We're not there yet. Yeah. But you know, you can feel the positive momentum at least. Yeah, and he and he is really animated on the sidelines, but in a good way. Like he's not he's not over there like yelling at his players, you know, doing anything ludicrous, but. I mean, on third downs, that man is jumping up and down, trying to pump up the crowd. When they get the ball back, he's calming them down. You know, when somebody gets a big play, he's running over to him. He's hyped. I mean, he, just like a lot of these players that I've interviewed this year, they said, you know, we're just a group of people, a group of guys that love playing football. Jason X, a football guy. Like, he, you can tell when he's out there, he just loves football. And I think that's, that's why everything that Idaho does seems so natural I mean, especially with the way Giovanni played, is because, you know, there is there really isn't that much pressure. You know, they're all going out there playing some backyard football with their friends. And they're really, really successful at it. But, but they're also enjoying themselves. Yeah, exactly. You can, you can feel the enthusiasm, you know. I, I watched a little bit of the uh, press conference last night, you know, before I put it up on the web. And I, you you could just tell the, 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 the confidence is starting to exude from from the entire team all the more and and it goes back to one person. Yeah. There there's no question it goes back to one person. And it's and it's Jason Eck. Yeah, and you know, we had this conversation I think once I came back to the office on Tuesday where you know, typically a team will have, you know, a player or a play or players that are like considered the face of the franchise. 
But, I mean, the face of the Idaho Vandals has to be Jason Ack. At least the football team, yeah, the for fi- sure. Yeah, the football team. It has to be Jason Ack. He's the, he's the face of that team. I mean, he's getting everybody excited. And, and, you know, I'm not saying the players on the field aren't doing what they need to do, but Jason Ack's definitely, you know, a big reason for this turnaround. Because, I mean, you look at guys like Giovanni McCoy, who was there last year. He played some games. Did not look near as good as he looks right now. And, you know, Connor Whitney, too, is having a great year. Hayden Hatton, I think he's on pace to have a career year. So, I mean, there's there's just a lot of positives. But there, th- this game got a little tricky for him. Yeah. You know, it, it got a little tricky for him, you know, in the first half. And, you know, you could kind of sense a little bit of momentum when they come out of the locker room in the third quarter, you know, and Woods gets that 15-yard touchdown. And, yeah, um, Northern Colorado struck back on on the ensuing drive, but you know Hayden Hatton, there there there's your guy. Yeah. You know, coming through in the clutch with a big thirty five yard touchdown reception, and you could just kind of sense the momentum starting to starting to build up there. Good teams don't let those opportunities slip away, and Idaho didn't let it slip away. You know, when they had a chance. To answer after, you know, Northern Colorado made it a one-possession game, they did. And when they had a chance to pour it on, you know, they did. That's what good mm-hmm. football teams do. I mean, there were still some some lapses there that I think are going to be a lot more apparent once they play Montana. And one of those things being um, the short passing game, that's been a crutch or, that's you know, crippled them every single week. It's, you know, if there's... Open space in the middle of the field or slant routes being run, the the opposing teams getting the yardage, you know, and and you know they they've been able to get some turnovers, but a lot of that, I mean, tip balls, you know, good down the field coverage, but in the short intermediate game, that's that's something that's going to get exposed. The offensive line has gotten better each week. They did do some reshuffling, putting Logan Floyd at center. And I think that helped out. They didn't get any false start penalties, and they actually drew Northern offsides, I think, three times. So, I mean, there's that that they're, they're figuring out. The pass rush, too, finally getting home this week. Got two sacks. Um, you'd like to see that step up a little more. But, I mean, you got a couple of players right now that I would say early on are – going to have to be considered, you know, all-conference type players. I think Giovanni McCoy. <laughs> I think uh, Marcus Harris, he's playing incredible. Uh, Paul Mawala, too. I mean, yeah. and, and that's such a huge thing for that defense, too, in the big sky. I mean, having a Notre Dame transfer, a Washington State transfer, and they play like it. You know, they, they yeah. don't they don't go out there. They play like they're FBS kids. Yeah, they, they, they play, they're playing at a huge high level for this Idaho team, and everybody's – Feeding off that. Favai Favai, I think, has had 10 tackles every game. I mean, he has been incredible. You know what the good news is for Idaho? They've got 13 days to, 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 to shore up, you know, to tweak, to, 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 to fix the things that are, that are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what the bad news is? So does Montana. <laughs> and it's that game being on the road, that's tough. Yeah, you know? and if Idaho can get a win on the road too against it, Montana, it, it, now now here's the deal: if, if Idaho gets a win at Montana, now I'm not going to go out on some limb and do something stupid like I probably would have 15 years ago when 
I was a little bit younger and would have said something like, hey, if Idaho wins, you know, I'll run down the street, you know, in my birthday suit or something like that. But if Idaho wins this game, they're legit. Yeah. They're absolutely legit. They will they will deserve a ranking in the coaches poll. Yeah. You know, in the stats coaches poll. They're getting they're getting points right now, but you know, I, I think coaches still are a little unsure about them, still want to see a little bit more. And there is some things to where that's fair. And I yeah. think I think if you know and it, it it's kind it's of It's almost like a mirage. It's like the same thing as Lewiston, sort of. You know, like, Lewiston's getting votes in the poll at the high school ranks, but, you know, they just beat a Moscow team. They're beating right. Pendleton's. I mean, if Lewiston could get a win against Post Falls, they should probably get in the poll. And if Idaho gets a win against Montana, they should they should be in the poll. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they it'll be well-deserved. Yeah. And in their two losses, they played relatively well against two, two you know, uh, Power 5 schools. So, I you know, they're... They're right there. They're knocking at the door. This is kind of like, like what we were talking about with Lewiston. Yeah. It's all right there for them. Mm-hmm. It's all right there for them. All they have to do is go out and play the game. Yeah. Idaho has never trailed at halftime. All yeah, I season. know. I heard that. I heard all that. season. That is That is ridiculous. really weird. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, those those games against Indiana and Washington State, if they just tighten up the defense a little bit in the second right. half, I and mean, then, hello, hello, they'd probably already be in the poll by now. They, yeah, yeah, I think that that would probably do it, right? You know, getting those. Oh, uh, I yeah, getting those. Wins. Yeah, if they if they if they'd have won one of those two games, yeah, they're in the poll, mm-hmm. no question about it. And uh, just good individual games for a lot of people. Uh, Anthony Woods had a career high in rushing yards. I mean, career high, season high, which would still be a career high because he's a Yes, freshman. yes, so, it would indeed. So, so, yeah, I guess I wasn't technically wrong about that. No, no, tw- uh, 96 yards. <laughs> Elijah Cummings, same thing, freshman. Another another ni- a, a nice game out of Elijah. I, a really nice game. They, they're deep at running back. I think that's something that not a lot of people expected coming in. I think it was nope. the Roshan show and just Roshan, but yeah. he actually played the least amount of snaps in the backfield out of all the running backs. And he still got 53 yards. Yeah, and a season high for the Vandals for the third week in a row in rushing yards. 262. Mm-hmm. Not, too, not, not too shabby. Not too bad at all. Javonnie McCoy career. Oh, almost throwing for 300. Season high, career high, and yards, touchdowns, and completion percentage. And he stayed upright the entire day. Yeah, didn't get sacked at all. And I think that's the first time this season Idaho didn't allow a sack. Kudos to the big boys up front. Kudos to Logan Floyd making that move. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and again, you know, like I said, I was listening to the press conference afterward, um, and Giovanni gave gave those guys some props. Yeah. You know, particularly Logan moving from tackle to center and maybe they kinda at least for one week they they, they solved yeah the problem. But again, you know, we got thirteen days to uh kind of shore everything up. You know the the craziest thing too about the people we just listed that had career days, season high days there. All three of them, red shirt freshmen and two true freshmen. I mean, that's that's incredible. For that that's good. Future. That that that's good for the future of this program. Yeah, that's that's a big one. But we also had another game go down, another conference game, Washington State against Cal, 
And uh, what did you see from that one, Don? Washington State just kind of plugging along here, you know, nothing nothing too snazzy or anything like that. I mean, you know, they're not really running the ball well, but they're finally, you know, they're finally getting, finally passing the ball halfway decent. I mean, again, Cam Ward's stats probably aren't going to impress a whole lot of people. But, you know, I mean, Renard Bell, manly man game, you know, with 115 yards receiving and a touchdown. Um, was targeted 10 times, caught eight passes, you know, Cam and Robert Farrell, um, you know, they both came from an incarnate word, uh, starting to click Deshaun, you know, clicking also with them. They, they've got, and and their defense. Oh yeah. Gotta, gotta talk about their defense, you know, who they are one of the tops in the FBS right now. And they did nothing to, um, you know, dispel that theory. They held Cal and Jay Knott, who who was who's a freshman running back, but he's he was probably their best player coming in. Held him to 69 yards after the previous couple weeks where he ran for, you know, 100, 125, 150 yards. Mm-hmm. Held him down. You know, and they're and they're getting vote they're still getting votes in the poll. They were 26th in this week's AP poll and and 30th in t- uh, this week's USA Today poll. And they go to USC this week for a, as we say, as we say in the business, huge, a, huge game on Fox Big Boy. I might have to fact check you on that because I think that they have a bye this week. No. Oh, do they not have a bye? No, think- no, because Steph had to do what to know. Oh, I thought they were on a bye this week. No, 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 no. I no. was sold they had the same bye week. No, no, no. I thought no, I got no. you. No, you didn't get me. I got you. Yeah, I thought I got you. But, I got uh, you. No, they, they, it, that's an absolutely huge game. It is a huge game. You know, they, they had Oregon at home a couple weeks ago, and, well, we're not going to relive that game again, you know, for you Kook fans out there because, well, they seeded apparently. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this is a nice bounce-back win for for a team that's, you know, I feel like it, it's just every week, you know, they get a little bit better. And even in that Oregon game, they got a little bit better. They just coughed it up at the end. Continually get, getting a little bit better, you know, and this is big. This game's big this coming week. You know, you got to go to... Got to go to the uh, old lady uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum, who's been around probably longer than, well, the two of us combined age. <laughs> Are you sure? No, I'm pretty I'm sure about scared. that. I'm pretty sure about that. You know, maybe maybe they'll actually get people to uh, watch the game in the in the old barn yeah. because, well, nobody goes to these these games, and you know. Hey, you only got at least one, you got one more one more year of this before USC moves to the Big Ten. So get them punch them in the mouth on their way. Yeah, out, right? yeah, exactly. This yeah. is a perfect opportunity for Jake Dickert and his boys to punch him square in the mouth. Yeah, and, it, and, and say, yeah, hey, we're, you know, what, what are y'all doing? We're still here. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're still gonna compete. I mean. Washington State basically. I mean, with this Cal game in the middle. I mean, they they played two huge games and yeah. they can't let what happened to Oregon affect them in this game, especially nope. if they're up early. Nope, nope, yeah. absolutely not. 
you know, and some people questioned their play calling toward the end of that Oregon game. You know, it, it happens. It is what it is. There, this this was a this was a get healthy game, yep. a get healthy week game for Washington State. You know, squeezed right in the middle of like you said two two monstrous games. A get right game, if you will. Isn't that what I just said? You said a get well. Look, it's the same thing. <laughs> get, get, we, the, I, I know that term very well because the Jags for years were everybody's get right game. People just kind aren't of, they still that way? Well, you know, if they didn't play in a monsoon today, I see. Would... You know, I'm so tired of the excuses. <laughs> oh come on! I didn't make any excuses. You just did. <laughs> I know. They played in the monsoon. They played in the monsoon. Trevor Lawrence with. Four generational fumbles. Nobody has ever lost... Here's a fun fact for you in the podcast. No one in the NFL has ever lost four fumbles in the last hundred years. Until today. So Trevor Lawrence, breaking records. Generational fumbler is what he is. Nobody can stop the butt punt, though. No, the butt punt was probably the highlight of... The hi- it was definitely the highlight of my weekend. Yeah. Last weekend. And, uh, you know, before we close things out, too, one more special teams... Uh, did you see that? I think it was Michigan. It was Michigan or Michigan State, and they were playing Rutgers this week. And they they went to line up the punt, and they didn't even call a fake punt, but the punter just ran it 30 yards just because he wanted to. Ohio State and Rutgers, that, I believe, is what it was. Oh, yeah, your boy. <laughs> your boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were up by 39. Yeah. And, and run a fake punt, and everybody was questioning, why are you running a fake punt? And Apparently, Coach Day, Coach Ryan Day said, well, you know, you got to plan for every situation. But he did kind of get his bell rung right there. Oh, my God. It was awful. I was like, I was like, kinda, it's like where's the flag? I, I was thinking he kind of deserved it. Why would you say that? Who's <laughs> fake punting up 29 against Rutgers? 39. Up 39 against Rutgers. 39. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah, come on. Again, as I said, you've got to plan and plot for every situation because... Uh, if you're, if you know anything about the Ohio State Michigan rivalry, there's two for the bingo card. I, I know. I was gonna say. I think this is the latest. This is the latest I think I've ever we went without me mentioning Ohio. Yeah. So I mean, we got the Jags and Ohio. But if if you know anything about that big rivalry that takes place on Thanksgiving weekend, you know between that team up north who shall remain nameless. Yeah. You're always planning. You're always thinking ahead. You're always dropping a, dropping a scheme here or a play there to get 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 that mean nasty Jim Harbaugh thinking. <laughs> what a nasty man! He's a <laughs> nasty nasty man. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Final Whistle Podcast. Before we go, one more time. I think this is four ad reads. Holy number, crap, Mary Stone's going to love it. For our number one sponsor, Inland360.com. I believe it's our only sponsor. It's our number one then. Find a complete calendar of all the events in the region and a wide array of coverage. It's where you go for what you do. It's where we go for what we do. Inland when we're not here. .com. Hey, how can they follow you on Twitter? Oh, it's just about to hit it. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Troop Talks for uh, high school live tweets, vandal stuff, and occasional jag sadness like oh. today. And as well as your your gambling needs as well. Yeah, Troop Shark. Yeah, make sure you uh, you follow me for underground high school football lines. I'm just kidding. No <laughs> high school lines are, are going to be given out on TroopShark.com. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I know. I, I I look over the side every day. Just just use a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> right, go underground if you do it. Yeah. And you can follow me at Waldo9939, and they're still trying to look for that stupid character. I don't know why. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, the newspaper's sports Twitter site, it's Lutrib underscore sports. And before this thing completely goes off the rails, I think we better get out. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in for episode six of the final whistle. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.